0: Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the fuck we want.
1: Folks, today we have Nick Joseph in the Pod. This was his second podcast ever. Uh, he is the most recent Kinja's member, and uh, in this conversation, I just really enjoyed getting to know Nick's sort of drive and why uh, why he does everything that he does—from creating, from choreographing to dance to creating his own clothing line. There is a very strong why and purpose that he has. And there is a very strong quietness about this guy. And I think he really kind of unpacks that in this episode and in this conversation. Yeah,
0: there's no doubt about it. This dude is extremely talented, but you know, I mean, hey, here at Kendra's, we meet talented dancers all the time, but Mm -hmm. not all of them get to become squads. So there's something so much more powerful about this gentleman that like we're just excited to like be able to rock with him on the daily, but also be able to share some of his words today with you in this pod. So sit back and enjoy our newest member, y'all.
1: Folks, welcome or welcome back to Kendra's movement in the shadows. We are your hosts Ben and Anthony. And today we got squad in the house. We have dancer, choreographer, artist, designer. He choreographed BTS's The Butter remix featuring Megan the Stallion, performed by 3J of BTS. You may recognize his work with GRV. He is the newest member of the Kinjas. We have Nick Joseph in the pod. Uh, what brrr. up nick oh that's a, that's a good looking tattoo you got there still healing you know that's yeah the, the skin's Healing that over here. Let me see that. and
2: a little peely guy oh wow is that your
1: first tattoo second Ooh, yeah. okay Look okay at that, dude oh well, dude nick what's up man this is your we learned that this is your second podcast ever it is my second podcast okay okay well, the audience, our audience, would love to get to know you a little bit deeper. So let's mm. get into the origins of Nick Joseph. Tell us where you grew up and all that fun stuff. And make sure to add uh, details that you've never shared on any other yes. podcast. Dang. We need some unique content for this one. I got you. Okay. okay. This is always the hardest part. I feel like whenever
2: I do like, interviews or podcasts I never know like how to start the timeline. Um, you've only done one other
0: podcast. What are you talking <laughs> about whenever I do interviews? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, I mean, uh, all right. When people ask these questions, that's what I mean, okay? Got it. Go Got edit it. that out, editor. Thanks, Chad.
2: <laughs> Keep it in. It's all there, I grew man. up in uh, Upland, California, okay. uh, which is a uh, small town. Yeah, have just been there my whole life. I still live there right now. So started dancing uh, latter half of my senior year. Prior to that, though, uh, I think the movement, like stuff I did in terms of sports or things like that, the most was like martial arts. Okay. So uh, Taekwondo was my like biggest thing that I was doing up until about age... 19 I was both like practicing and teaching you
1: yeah were, so did, you like, were teaching tech model too yeah oh, okay yeah. Yeah.
2: I I was I started at four and then I yeah. started teaching around 16 16 years um and then stopped teaching and I guess traditionally practicing at like 19 because that's when I started like really diving into dance yeah that was also when I first joined grv it was around like 18 19
1: was grv your first dance team or it was actually my third okay so or fourth if you want so well real quick though what got you into dancing
0: A B D C, A B D C. abdc, ABDC. Whoa, ABDC yeah. okay mm-hmm. what and season was that when you were watching slash getting inspired three. ah the old three. quest Cruise. three yeah quest Crew. yeah it was quest crew oh. yeah that sounds like oh this is crazy so
2: um i you remember just watching
0: them man what are you doing here dude what are you <laughs> Could have had championships. <laughs>
2: I love you guys.
0: I okay? love you too, man. Keep going. Keep going. Editor, leave that in. Thanks, Chad. Um yeah, so season three of A B D C is
2: what got me into dance. I I'd always been interested in it because I think even No, it wasn't prior to that. It was after that. Even like uh when like the jerking movement was like a thing, that was that was also something I was really into. So I was always into dancing, but I never kind of considered myself a dancer. It was just like, oh this is something that I can do but it's mm-hmm. not something that I completely like indulgent so that kind of happened just the latter half of my senior year. So, the, so the funny story is I wasn't even gonna try out for my team my like high school uh, like dance team my friends were like oh you should do it you should do it like just try it you know like we see you you, you got moves you know you can do things you know there's this other guy that was on the team prior to he was like he was a senior um, he was talking to me in my junior year telling me to like to do it because I can trick I can do all these flips and stuff he's like oh we need that on the team so it was already kind of a, a thought in my head to try um, I just was really uncertain about it, but I had two other homies that were doing it. So we decided that, okay, we're all, all three of us are going to try and go for it. This is where I met, uh, my first like dance mentor and homie. So homies right now, John Carlo, he was on GRV at the time. And so he was a really big inspiration for me. So 2014, I auditioned, I made it, I competed with my high school team for the last half of my senior year. And then after graduating, I knew I still wanted to dance, but dance wasn't necessarily something I wanted to build a career in or, or do professionally. It was just like, oh, I like, I like dancing, like this is fun. Something new I picked up, I guess later on in life, like 17, yeah, 17. And then the second team I joined was a team at Cal State Fullerton, cause I was going to Cal State Fullerton for school. And it was called Prime D. Um, and I was only on for like a month, cause at this time, Gravy Auditions also kind of came up and happened. And um initially I also wasn't gonna try it for gravy. I was I was really trying to go for GRV. I don't think a lot of people know this, but I didn't make GRV my first time. I tried out and I failed. And then I decided to try it for gravy
0: because my homies were like, Oh hey, like gravy is You tried out and you didn't make it. I failed, yeah. I didn't nice, you nice. know same, I like that. Same thing. How old were you at this point?
2: I was eighteen. Uh uh-huh. eighteen, yeah. So really I only had like a year of dancing in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but I was just like, Oh like, why not? you know. Try it out, didn't make it the first time. Um, I was on Prime D for a little bit, like a month or two. Um, gravy auditions came up and I knew my sister, she had started dancing too, so she wanted to go to the auditions. So I, I was really going to like learn the piece to help her out for Gravy. Um, and then, yeah, the homies again, they're like, oh dude, like, you should try it, Like just, just see what happens. Like So I decided to try out, uh, also made it there. And then I, I left Prime D to, to train with Gravy. Um, And that's where majority of my training is with Gravy and GRV. Uh, I think I joined GRV in 2016. Yeah, 2016. So I was only on Gravy for like half a season. Half a Mm -hmm. season, made it to GRV, and I'm still there six years later. And what would you
0: say, since you said the core of like your training was on Gravy and GRV, who were movers or style creators or whatever that you felt like you were naturally gravitating towards um, in terms of people that were teaching you?
2: Oh, that was, it was definitely like Bam, Han, Sora. Just Uh, that era. Yeah, they were ripping everything. They were ripping everything. Uh, Well, not even just those three, but like David and Arshi, all because I I think growing up doing martial arts and the fact that martial arts, I don't want to say it's inherently aggressive, but like the movements are fast and sharp. Mm -hmm. I still felt that edge when I was doing their choreography. So I -hmm. think that's what attracted me the most was the fact that um, all the power and speed that was necessary to move the way that we needed to move felt very natural or felt like I could get there um, by using what I already had in terms of my connections with um, how to use my body via martial arts. Got it. So yeah, th- those, those guys were, those were the hitters that I was always looking up to. Yeah,
0: they did amazing things
1: for GRV during that time frame, for sure. Mm-hmm. 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 So now, I mean, dance is definitely a larger part of your life now. Have you decided like this is the route now, dance is gonna be like mm-hmm. the full on thing? I have
2: decided. Yes, yeah. That's so dance is the is the, is the is the is the full on thing right now. Thankfully, I've been blessed with a lot of opportunities pre you guys, and then even now with you guys. So I'm sure for a lot of people in 2020, I, w- I was really questioning it. <laughs> That's when I was like, oh, maybe I should get a job with my degree. One thing that really helped me was I took courses over that that um, that time, the the pandemic, because um, everyone was dropping a course, everyone was doing right. something that you could like learn from home. So I did like actual dance courses where we learn choreography and creative process and things like that. But one program that really helped me a lot was Sora's. Mm. Um, she went over like not even just the creative edge of like what dance as a career is, but also the the financial aspects and the um, the feasibility of it. And she made it. She made it. She didn't. Oh, well, she didn't make it, but she like um, clarified how feasible it was to make dance a career um, without going the the traditional route of like, oh, I have to be a traveling choreographer, you know, I have to be working with artists, I have to be doing these things. Even though I I've I've gone to do those things, like I she revealed just avenues that were still very just plausible and clear to be like, oh, I can still make this like a career. Mm-hmm. Um that really solidified my decision. And then yeah, after that some things happened, I was like, oh, okay, this is this is kind of going well for me as I'm like giving it my all. So
1: was uh you you spent about five or six months in Korea, right? Yes. Was that yeah. kind of one of the first larger sort of opportunities that you got to work in that space professionally? Yeah,
2: well, I, I guess prior to that, like the, the larger, the first larger ones were just like teaching internationally. Mm-hmm. So my first trip was to China. Um, I went to China like four times in like the span of like two years, I think. And then uh, I got to go to Korea before my five to six months day, <clears throat> uh, just to teach like a, a smaller, like backup dancing team. And then I did feel the balance in Mexico. That was in March of 2020. That was like literally two weeks before the the pandemic like mm, hit. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. So then after that, Korea was probably like the next biggest thing that happened. Um, and that was because I did uh, one submission for for Hype for in Hypen, mm-hmm. uh, Drunk Days, and they really liked it. And they were like, "Oh hey, like, do you want to like come out and work with us?" And I was like, "You guys want to fly me out to Korea for six
1: months and have me choreograph stuff?" Like, yeah. I'm like, oh,
2: sure. I guess we can
1: do it. So what did that consist of? Like, what were you doing? Like, were you working with artists and training them or? Uh, yeah, it was a little bit of all that. It was, what do we do? Um,
2: they needed a lot of uh, like assistance with their end of the year shows. So every every year, all the K-pop groups like do end of the year shows where where they do like dance breaks with their normal songs. So they are mm-hmm. creating dance breaks for them, creating new choreography for their new tracks and new albums that are coming out. I did do some training with the artists. Um, they have a lot of things to do on their schedule. So it's funny because I see I see more of like the like skeleton crew dancers than the artists sometimes, uh, just because yeah they're just so busy with doing their concept shoots their their videos their interviews their their shows and things like that. So by the time they do come in like have like two and a half hours with them mm-hmm. you know and then they have to lead to their to their next thing. So yeah, it was a lot of just different things. It was also uh creating or or I guess brainstorming uh, their next like creative um. Endeavors. So we were we were focusing on like what their next album was going to be or like their image for it. Um, I was working with uh, primarily with TXT um, tomorrow tomorrow by together, um, which consists of five members. So we were just talking about like what their next thing was going to be, how we wanted to portray them. Um, and then I did some artist training with uh, Yeonjun. He's he's one of the the members. Um, so we did like a few private lessons and we just did some dancing. And then um, also worked with NHyphen, which is a whole cast of seven members which are really fire, they're really good at dancing. So I was able to give them like the really hard stuff. I mm-hmm. still give them really hard stuff to do, but it was just really cool to finally meet the artists that I've been creating for like out here. And to also realize that they're really good people. Mm-hmm. I think that was one thing I was kind of worried about when I was going to Korea Is okay, I'm, I'm gonna be with these people for five to six months. Like, I hope they're good people, you know? And I was very pleasantly surprised by the fact that they're, they're, they're above and beyond good people, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm.
1: How did that um the BTS thing come about?
2: Oh, it was it was kind of funny. I was working on something else um at the time while I was in Korea, and uh, I think uh, I, I was literally in the studio, like working with a group of dancers. And I think uh, someone came and was like, "Oh, hey, like come here, like we have to talk to you real quick." Um, uh, and they were like, "Okay, we need you to like completely drop this project that you're doing, <laughs> and hop on this." And I was like, "Oh, like What, what is it?" So like, "Oh, it's it's a it's a, a dance for." Initially, it was supposed to be, I, I hope I can say this. <laughs> this was supposed to be just for, for J-Hope. Um, and then they're like, yeah, like, we just need to choreograph this for him. You know, like, here's a, here's a song. Like, it's, uh, they have Megan on it. Like We, we need to choreograph this Megan verse. I'm like, okay, cool. So I dropped I dropped the the thing I was doing before. And I just choreographed it the way that I would make something for myself. That's how they kind of told me to do it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, just like, choreograph the way like you would do it. So I made it really hard, of course, because um, that's what I do. <laughs> and then sent it to them. They liked it. However, they still wanted to see different versions. And so the second time I kind of came to the studio, they're like, oh, hey, like update. Um, it's not just it's not just gonna be J-Hope anymore. It's gonna be the three J's doing it. So block it for three people, create it for three people to interact and move this way. They had me do many, many versions. I think I did maybe seven to like 10 versions in the span of like two days. <laughs> yeah, so I was in the studio like all day creating. I'd make one, film one, send it off. they're like, oh, this is really nice. Can we get another one? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot, okay, yeah, sure. And yeah, I was just like producing and producing and producing. Mm-hmm. It was nice to know that I was able to still produce like really different things like uh, past my 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 threshold, I guess. Right, like to the same piece of music. To the same yeah, piece of yeah. music, yeah. Uh, to the point where I was getting like very just like, okay, what else can I do? What have I not done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it was, a, it was a fun process in that, yeah, I got to see that I was able to, to do that. Finally came down to the 10th iteration. And then I sent it off and they're like, okay, cool. Like they could see like, okay, it's probably not gonna get any better than this. (laughs) So uh, we ended up mixing like version one, two, and like seven um, and like creating the, or like piecing it together to create one fluid thing, Mm -hmm. which I eventually sent off. And so they're like, oh yeah, cool. This is the version we're gonna go with. They're gonna come in this day. You're gonna rehearse for two hours, teach them. And um, yeah, so they came in, taught them. Also really cool people. I had my translator there with me to like interact with them. The funny thing is they shot in two days, actually. So they shot it once and they weren't satisfied with how they did it. This was actually really cool to see with them is that they're not artists that like settle on just like getting and doing it, but mm-hmm. actually performing and doing it well. Mm. Yeah, they, they watched the first day they did it and they're like, oh, you know, like we can we can do better. So I had another rehearsal with them. We cleaned it, we did it, we ran it multiple times. Yeah, they filmed it the second day, they killed it. And then that was the, the video that went... Kind of, kind of viral and pretty it viral. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was going to happen. Like I, I I remember like it dropped and then I was like, oh, I should post this. You know, I was like, oh, I should let people know I'm doing only expecting just like the homies and the people that I I'm really like expecting to see, to see it. Mm. I remember posting it, going to sleep, wake up the next day and like a huge following of people was just, yeah, just, in, like, I just, my numbers just went up and likes were happening. And I was like, oh, this is, this is not what I expected. I hmm. mean, they're
0: like, you know, one of the largest k-pop <laughs> or pop groups i I, I know this time right now right i i do know this um however i just didn't and it was a feature too of choreography specifically it wasn't like uh here's a music video and here's a, uh the debut of this song and there's the choreography which is accessory movements mm-hmm. the entirety of everything with all the glitz and glams and costumes and color and you know what i mean this was like we're gonna dance mm-hmm Yeah, you know and so that was quite a spotlight and and you obviously did an amazing job it it could have sucked
1: (laughs) it could have all all 10 versions all 10 versions could (laughs) have sucked
0: Uh, curiosity question what in your opinion do you think stands out about your style of creation or or that resonates even with like K-pop labels or artists or stuff what do you feel like you're doing that you feel they like
1: mmm
2: that's a that's a question um i don't i don't really know to
0: be honest and, I, and yeah totally no wrong answers to this because it, this is an extremely yeah uh, this is a subjective part of the whole game right mm. like uh, people's people's styles right you mm. know uh and and how it works but yours obviously works really really well i mean i you know i'm sure we have our own interpretations uh, of how things go but i'm just curious as to hear like what it is that or more generically even speaking, like you feel defines your style?
2: I don't want to go ahead and call my stuff like unique, but I, I think I, I'm not afraid to play with um, weirder weirder shapes or connections of sorts that work really well with K-pop, along with the bigness of moves and and uh, intricacies. I'd, I'd been a fan of K-pop prior to going to Korea. So I'd, watch, I'd seen choreography and I'd seen how things have gone. And I, I think it's progressively moved in the direction of like High performability and intricacy. And I think I, I do that with my own query So I think that's what attracted them to what I was doing. And also how different I interpret music sometimes, which isn't always the correct way, <laughs> but it's the way I do it sometimes. Yeah, I can't say much. I don't no, know. no, I hear that. I, 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 I think I also asked them too. I was like, what do you guys like? They're like, yeah, like it's just different. <laughs> I'm like, okay,
0: cool. <laughs> you definitely have the ability to make very uh, unique and intricate expressions of like wordplay and stuff while still having it be like, either very athletic or like the speed or the dynamic and the power that is offered is is Mm. still there it's not compromised you know what I mean Um, like if I go intricate I might be too intricate for like four eight counts and then it'd be like oh that's a really soft piece but that's what makes it cool it's soft Mm. Like sometimes I'm like soft I'm not trying to be called soft you know (laughs) but no what I see that you're capable of being able to you know bring out too is that that years of Taekwondo as well, you know. Yeah, there's yeah. like a, there's a specific athleticism. There's definitely a, a practice of even lines. That's why now I realize when I put the two and two together, I'm like, you do have like a lot of blades in a lot. Oh, of your I, all, I always blade my hands. It's, you know what it's, I mean? But it's like that's what you were doing since you were four years old to yeah. the point where you were teaching it. You know, and then just being able to see and connect those things. And really kind of like break down what makes a creator and artist, who they are with their soul and their flavor like that's the fun stuff sometimes dissecting and understanding because then that that gives our, our listeners a chance to dissect themselves. Mm. you know what i mean and think about things that they've grown up doing or are used to doing or have unique things about the way that their flexibility or their height things that they thought were limitations before suddenly their 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 signature you know yeah so. yeah i actually went through that phase i i think i remember talking to you in like
2: 20 i was like i don't really know what i'm doing with my choreography like i feel like i'm in a middle ground and you told me like oh sit in the middle ground like just just be in it for a little bit see what happens um, and I remember, like, listening to a lot of resources. I, I listened to this other podcast called Create a Pep Talk. The guy, I'm hella plugging another
0: podcast on a podcast. It's, it's all good. It's really good. <laughs> but just, he can do just, that. This, just make kendrabangnoodles.com. Keep going. <laughs> uh,
2: but the 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 guy was talking about how like our little Id- Id- idiosyncrasies, right? Whether whether it's through things that we've done before, different mediums, different art styles, and we think of them as limitations, right? But really, really, those are probably going to be our signature style indicators, and so. I remember after listening to that, I was like, okay, well, like the first thing I ever started doing in terms of movement was martial arts. Like, how can I incorporate this into dance and create a style and create my own style that still feels like uh, legible and digestible to an audience, but also still feels like I'm 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 putting my 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 signature on on something. And so that's when I started implementing, yeah, the the blade itself. I feel like that's honestly been in like the past like three years that I was like, okay, let me really try and implement this so it feels like me. Um, which, I, I don't know, I feel like that also
0: drew you guys to me a little bit more. If we're going to talk about who's drawn who to who, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's actually yeah. a, a, a wonderful question uh, and, and conversation to have on this pod, especially. Uh, like Ben said, you know, you're the newest guy on the squad and stuff. Uh, and it would be so fun to also dissect from your perspective mm-hmm. what, like, you know, becoming a member of this of this crew Felt like what that experience was like from your perspective. Mm. I, all I can say it's it's wild, only because um
2: <laughs> when I first started dancing, like I well, I still look up to you guys, but I, I was like, oh, it's just so far off. Like, oh yeah, the kinjas they're crazy, you know. Like it's wild, you know, not really knowing or expecting that like there there's a a way to become one or there was there's a, even the plausibility of becoming one. Even even when you guys like just start asking me to like hop into the studio with you guys to do like k-pop and stuff i remember uh ving was probably i think the the first of you guys to hit me up and be like oh hey like you want to do k-pop and i was like oh shoot like sure you know um of course i want to like be in that space with you guys and connect you know i remember being like really scared the first time because I, I think the k-pop we did was i think everyone else was a ninja and i was just like why am i here you like, <laughs> know like, there's all these guys that are like just homies and brothers and i'm just like new guy just like chilling you know and yeah and just like gradually creating that connection and once again, I didn't expect anything from it in terms of, like, becoming a kindred. I I I think at the time that all this was kind of happening, I really wanted um, mentorship and, like, guidance. And, of course, you guys are some of the biggest leaders in our community, and so it was nice to finally be in that space with you guys and to learn and see, um, not just only on the dance tip, but, like, on the leadership. We, t- we talked many times about leadership and, like, what it means to to do all that you guys are doing, the, the many avenues you guys have your feet in. Um, and, yeah, it's just connecting on that level, and I, I don't know how, like, Eventually progressed, but um I think oh, the project was probably like one of the, the biggest um things that kind of like helped tie that together was um yeah, being able to talk to you more about creativity, like how I wanted to to create and what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. You you said this multiple times and I it never leaves my mind, but you you're always like, Oh, like
0: you have it. I was like, What does that mean? You, know? you were sitting down, it was a lunch break during one of the rehearsals and you're sitting down on the second floor in the complex. Yep. And then I, and during this break, I went up to you and I was like, "Hey, man, you got it, dude." And you're like, "What does that mean?" Yeah, literally, like, I said, "Just like, what does it that mean?" And that's just, that's just all it is. And to this day,
2: he still doesn't doesn't say like, and it just goes, "Ah, you know, you just have it." I'm
0: like, "What?" It's is that? like a it's like a different frequency. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't translate it into the English language because it doesn't <laughs> exist in that way. It's in a different. That's why it is not something that's describable. That's why it's like an X factor. People fucking cop out with X factor because that's just a way to describe something mm-hmm. when you don't know how to describe it. Uh. You know, call it the sauce, call it the uh, the juju, call it the whatever, mm. but you, we, we end up using just these interesting terms to describe uh, this funk, uh, this whatever that you can't put into words because it's not meant for words. Mm-hmm. It's beyond that. It's like a feeling, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? When you can, the way that I recognize how you were able to compose certain things, I recognize where it was and I recognize what age you were and, and the position and, and the passion and hunger that you had and the eyes that you were given, people that you respect. And I was like, man, you're already that good at that time, understanding music in this way that's very unique with that ability. Like, whether you know it or not, you got it. I, I understood that about you. Do I know what it is? Of course not. Everybody's just got their own version of it, you know. But I just recognized something, and I was like, "Hey, you got it." And if you're got, if you're like, "I don't know what that means," I'm like, dude, "I don't know. I explain it to you because <laughs> when you know what it means is when you've really found something else." You know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. a whole, a whole different journey. But all I could say is, "This motherfucker
1: got it." <laughs> I think project was the time I, I actually was first learning about you because mm. I think uh, I hadn't met you before that. And I remember talking with some of the guys, they're like, yo man, you gotta, you gotta look out for this guy, Nick. And so, you know, from that moment on, I was like, just kind of paying a little bit more close attention to you. I feel like you have a a strength about you, but you're you're not a very like vocal kind of guy. You're a little bit of like, like quiet strength in you. But mm-hmm. like, I, I know that there's like a spirit that wants to say a lot. Mm-hmm. And then when I see your movement, it's very, yeah, it's, there's a lot of explosiveness into it. And I think when the, the time where um, you guys were putting out your own uh, your own pieces and um, I seen what you had done and I was like, man, this guy has kinja all over him. <laughs> yeah, dude, you know, everybody was supposed to be, they're tasked with
0: doing their own creative project. Everybody's got this opportunity to come in and literally choose their own music, their own costumes, their own themes, work with vibrancy. they really just rep themselves. Like, and this fool chose to dress like a samurai and bring in a sword and have like an intro and I stuff did. like that. You know I'll what I mean? It. And all of us are sitting there like, is he courting us? Is he is he flirting? Does he knows what he's doing? Right? Like the audacity. All okay, right. So,
2: so the funny thing with that is that like I, I literally just wanted to do that. Like it wasn't it wasn't even I I think at the time I'd been watching like afro samurai i was just like running that back and i was like this is tight typical right (laughs) crazy i know (laughs) so i was like oh dang like it'd be really cool to do a concept um and i just watched like a a whole like martial art or like a fight scene clip where they use this song and i was like wait this song is tight and i remember talking to jason i was like yeah i have two songs i'm kind of in between right now like there's this song it's really cool like this is the idea for it and then there's this song and he was like bro like you're in our space you have these these things like you
0: had to talk with jason i did yeah and he he was like he was
2: like i would run with that i was like you're right, bro. Let me just do it.
0: That's so that's funny. No. That's
2: good. And so, yeah, I was no, like, we
0: really didn't know that, or I for sure didn't know that. So that's just way funnier to think about it now. Hey, Jason, great job, you know, <laughs> plus two points. But just the idea that, like, yo, this, this will really come in here, about to do this Afro Samurai routine. Was <laughs> yeah, tight. and it was just tight. felt like um, it felt like a statement to us. Mm. But it felt, it didn't feel like you were conniving and strategic like that. Yeah, because I definitely wasn't. I was just like, I just want to dance. Yeah, so it was just like, this, this, he's about it. Meanwhile, you're showing up in like anime shirt button-ups and stuff. Like, this was about it, you know what I mean? I love
2: anime case okay, so no one really knows but he's i think in, everyone he's knows he's in
0: martial arts when he's four years old that's why i said like you know are we drawn to you or are you drawn to <laughs> us, my friend there's no, a little a little yeah, synergy here yeah a little laws of attractions are in play but it, yeah it, that's good it was a very powerful moment i gotta say i'm, I'm glad <laughs> that we get to recall and talk about this because this this dude really showed up and did a samurai afro samurai like concept at the complex during this where everybody did their own thing it was just a yeah I got to give you props, man. That's That's funny. funny. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson
2: a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? (laughs) Some peasant Coke? No.
1: Recently, you've come out with uh, Unto Thee, right? Mm -hmm. Your your clothing line. Um, Can you talk a little bit about like where that came from? Was that sort of like another evolution of where you are as an artist and as a creator wanting to express through the medium of of clothing and fashion? Mm -hmm. Like, is that kind of where that came from? That is kind of where it came from.
2: I I think ever since uh, I'd been like younger, like in high school, middle school, high school, I always wanted to do something with clothing. I'm not going to say I'm like the most like... Educated person when it comes to fashion, but I just know that I I like creating in different mediums. Yeah, I, I'd always tell myself, like, oh, like when I when I feel like I've learned enough, like I'll, I'll do it. You know, when I feel like the time is right, I'll do it. You know, and uh I realized I, I just kept pushing that back. That's I had multiple ideas that I wanted to put out when I was younger too. And um none of them really stuck in terms of um a philosophy or like an ideology I wanted to kind of like uh push, um, but into the and it's uh, I guess, motto of uh vertical and horizontal like service was a very uh important thing to me that I I felt it resonated deeply with myself. And I'm finding now that it resonates with a lot of people, like um my line right now is very just basic. It's just a shirt and a bag. But uh anytime I've seen someone like with the shirt or with the bag, they tell me like, oh like I really like the idea and the theme behind this. Um and I'm glad that you created it. Mm-hmm. And uh I think I didn't create it to serve my ego in the sense of like, okay, cool. I know I can create like this too. It was purely, I guess in the same way that the whole like, uh, Afro samurai video concept was like, it's purely just a desire to express something. Even if I didn't know if it was going to be like, uh, taken well or received. Well, yeah, until these are just another avenue of trying to create with a purpose, cause I think a lot of people know about me, but my, my faith is a very important part of my identity. And so being able to, um, I guess find different avenues to apply that as well uh not necessarily to to like be overt or like to convert people but to just kind of express some truths that i feel have really helped me Mm -hmm. um in a different medium whether that's just writing or dancing or or film or clothing it's just been very uh very nice and very uh it's refreshing too. Because yeah. mm-hmm. when I feel like I've i just been dancing and I and I'll sit on my computer and like try to design something, I'm like, oh, this is nice. I feel accomplished that I'm I'm learning something, I'm doing something different
1: aside from dance, that also still feels very fulfilling. You do the designs too? I do, yes. Dope. Yeah. Dope. Your talent is uh is undeniable. But I think what I see in you is I, I sense that there is like this fire of like wanting to figure out and and express and to take on new opportunities to possibly learn something about yourself, and and there, I just I just get this sense of like a exploration, mm-hmm. like you're exploring a lot, and then yeah, you're exploring into fashion and things like that. Do you consider yourself um, an introvert? Yeah, I would. I think
2: um, I'm extrovert around pre- people that I'm really comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I get a little extroverted with you guys <laughs> uh, from time to time. Although like majority of the
1: time, if I'm around new people, I will be the the, the quieter mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reason I asked about the introvert thing, um, not, not to talk about whether you're outgoing or shy. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I'm curious as to how you energize yourself. Like what do you do for yourself to, yeah, like regain your energy?
2: I haven't really done this, but something I really want to implement is uh, just Time blocking and scheduling myself better because mm-hmm. um well I don't sleep very well. I'm the kind of person where if I have something to do, I'll do it late at night. That that's probably the most free time I have in terms of like not having to go to rehearsals or um, be with family. That that time frame is usually when I'll I'll do things. But then I go to bed like super late. I'll wake up super late. The days like it- it's.
0: Cycles. I'm familiar mm-hmm. with you waking up very late and not responding to morning texts. Yes, yeah, so you text
2: me at like 8 a.m. and I wake up at like 11 or 12, and then you double text me, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, bro, I just woke
0: up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't about me, but yeah. Thank you, thank you for addressing that publicly I, I, I got because you. I just <laughs> wanted to make sure I wasn't going crazy. I don't want to be that, you know, nagging girlfriend that's like hey why is he texting me our girlfriend's well she doesn't
2: nag me like that but she'll be like dang yeah you do wake up late you gotta you gotta get up dude <laughs> so that's one thing I'm trying to do is like uh, schedule things so I can actually have time in the day um, but in terms of like actively like resting uh, when I did rest well I would take time to just like go to a coffee shop read go to a parking journal um these are very like basic things to do but I feel like they work um, for sure sleep <laughs> take naps and then most recently um i got a membership to the huntington library i love the places it's a place in pasadena yeah, yeah. yeah so if i can if i have the time like i try to go i like drawing so i'll, I'll take time to just once again create in a different medium although sometimes i'll get like really into it and i'll just be drawing for like hours on end and i don't know if i'm really resting anymore because i'm actually like trying to figure things out if you don't mind my asking
0: what was your last journal entry about?
2: I think it was uh, about like f- trying to find more direction probably,
0: mm. yeah.
2: My journal entries are also like written prayers too. So like I, I actually like talk to God as I'm like writing. And so they're like, yeah, there's a lot of just like requests and hope for guidance and direction. But also knowing that sometimes in, in, in those like middle grounds and se- in like middle seasons, that's like when you have the most time to explore. So like that whole like, idea of knowing where to go isn't necessarily where I need to be sometimes and sometimes it is just enjoying the exploration and just Mm -hmm. going okay cool like I'll sit in this middle space uh, and I'll just kind of trust that uh, things will kind of work out the way they need to work out Mm. yeah I think that's
1: really important um how old are you 25
2: 25
1: yeah man like I mean dude you're still you're still so young but like you know you're at a place where you're very aware of like what you need to do for yourself to be healthy overall. Just from the sense that I get from you, I think you are a very intentional person. You don't just do things just cause, and uh, you want to make sure that like, you know why you're gonna do something at all to build whatever that is for yourself. So the concept of success, right? Like building your kingdoms, whatever that is. How do you define what success is?
2: Mm. Success.
1: I guess like simply put success success
2: to me personally is uh, am I fulfilling the purpose that I think I'm called to? Um, So it's not necessarily like, am I making so much money or am I like stable? Although that is like something I still want, but it's more so on the tip of like, am I fulfilling the call that I think that I've been made for essentially. And I think what I found with Dan specifically was like, this is like the lane currently at this moment that i feel like i'm i'm doing that and i, I and i have this this um philosophy that like calling our calling and purpose are still d- very different um a purpose is kind of an overarching thing and a calling is kind of the the means and medium in which you do them i think that calling can always change but i think in terms of my success as long as i'm um, adhering to that purpose and then whatever calling i kind of like need to fluctuate in between or stick to i'll be successful per se um Cause yeah, I don't know. I've never been the type that uh, like quantifies uh, success. It's more of a qualitative thing for me. Mm. Um, quality of life, um, who I'm living li- life with, how I'm living life, um, and what that means for others too. Cause I, I I think once again, like, I don't think that life is just for me to live on my own or uh, for just myself, but for the people around me um, in a healthy way too, not just like, Oh, I have to like do things for other people and like, I guess, pander for other people. But to actively, yeah, once again, serve and be like, okay, this feels like I'm doing what I need to do. This feels like I'm filling the role, um, mm-hmm. responsibilities of where I'm at. You know, if it's here, like, whatever you guys need me to do, you know, whatever roles I can play for you guys. You know, if it's at home with family, like, whatever. If I if I just need to be a good son, good brother, you know, good yeah. grandson, these <clears> things, making sure that I'm, if I'm doing those things well you know and sometimes i'm I'm not doing them well you know Mm -hmm. but if i'm if i'm gradually striving to do them well i think that's me being successful over um i guess yeah the more material um definition of success yeah
1: that's good man i love that well we're gonna have some fun with you bro we're gonna toss a lightning round at you lightning round okay so you gotta come quick fast oh no here we go lightning too slow three two one what's your favorite snack
2: Oh, the, the nerd clusters. There we go. Oh, those are good. Yeah, I love those. Yeah. I've never there had.
0: What's your favorite current anime? Oh, current anime?
2: Damn, there's so many that I like. Well, my all-time is Death Note. It's my all-time. It's a good one. Yeah, man. it never moves from the top of the list. It's a good one. What's your favorite Naruto character and why? Ooh, I have two. Sasuke and Minato. Sasuke, because he's, I don't know, the fool's just cool. It tight. He's just tight. He's tight, definitely. And then, uh, yeah, Minato, I don't know, it's like, it's well, he's he's Naruto's dad, but. He's also tight. He's man. also freaking <laughs> tight. Yeah, like, flash, I, I, I liked fast characters. I don't know, I think that's also probably why I move the way I do. I like fast characters. Oh, ah, yeah, okay. Well, that's okay. a good one.
0: Who, yeah. who, who are you, though, in the Naruto? People universe. have
2: told me I'm Kakashi.
0: You're Kakashi? That's what people tell me. Interesting. Yeah. They say, oh, you have, like, the aloof
2: vibe, but, like, you know, you're low-key, but you got, you got it, you know? And I'm like, oh. oh when people say that to you. I could
1: see
0: that.
2: They say things like that. All right. Who is your childhood hero? Childhood hero? Wow. Um, dang, did I have one? <laughs> I didn't really have a childhood hero. I had inspirations, I guess, but I, I guess... I just really looked up, looked up to my parents. That's so, yeah,
1: great heroes. They they That's pretty cute. Yeah,
2: they <laughs> came from. My parents weren't born here. They were, my mom was from Jamaica. My dad's from another small island called Dominica, which is not the Dominican Republic. Um, so yeah, they came here, had me at twenty two, really young. It was wild because I'm twenty five, and I was like, dang, wow, yeah, yeah, it's really young. And um, yeah,
1: raised me well. I think, <laughs> uh, you did a pretty good job. Yeah. So they those those two. Dope, dope. Solid. Take it, man. What is your favorite Kinja's performance of all time? Ooh.
2: I really liked this is the Respectful Fear None one, which is the mm-hmm. the one in China. You mm-hmm. guys did Humble mm-hmm. and then Kill any Clothes would better watch yourself.
0: Yeah. That What's your least favorite, favorite Kinja's performance?
2: Least favorite? <laughs> Whichever ones I choreographed for, dude, those ones are not cool because of me. I'm just kidding. Those are stacking
1: up. <laughs>
0: no, those are stacking up. Um, I don't have a least favorite. That's a good
1: answer. Let's move on. Yeah. Who is your favorite dancer right now? Favorite dancer right now? Sean Lu. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. tight. What is a dream opportunity for you? A dream opportunity. I really love
2: film. So mm. <laughs> um, choreographing for a movie would be a dream opportunity. Dope. Yeah. Which you country do you want to go teach at? Which country? Japan.
1: That's a good one. What is your favorite quality about yourself?
2: myself that's a rapid fire question that's that's great getting, it's getting slower, it's getting slower. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah, really yeah, well, slow now i'm getting deeper um i'm patient I'm very patient mm. what was the last time you felt proud felt proud oh uh, i guess after you guys battled me in <laughs> tight even though you guys smoked me i was like i i went through it i did it so and you wore the lucky pants though You know what I mean I did so, wear the lucky pants That everyone, so you, everyone really, you hung in there
0: <laughs> You surprised a lot of people And I think it was a really really It was a really good time Getting to know you and mm. That's that's when you really get to know A person oh, sometimes yeah. You know what I mean <laughs> For sure When you see them on like
1: round 12 uh, Yeah
0: Yeah Round 12
1: Well sure. just to make you More uncomfortable To dig deeper What is the your favorite piece That you've ever choreographed
2: My favorite piece Um probably one of my more recent ones, but I really like Fieldhouse Freestyle. Um, it was the first piece I taught when I, once I came back from Korea. I was so like creatively stifled out there because I was just working mm-hmm. the whole time that I was just like, just finally released something that felt mm-hmm. really good. So Fieldhouse Freestyle is probably my favorite right now.
1: Dead or alive, if you can have dinner with somebody, who would that person be? I don't know, Jesus. That's a pretty good one. That's pretty good Yeah. pretty good. So Bruce Lee has this quote, he says, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 10, times. Time. Uh, the concept of putting in so much focus, time, and energy into something. Uh, what is something that you feel like you've mastered in your life?
2: I think I've really mastered being patient mm.
1: uh, with my, well, Maybe not
2: with myself. That's probably the, one, the next place I need to master, but with others, situations, um, unexpected things like, uh, I don't. I don't want to say things don't phase me, but I, I. I have a threshold for things, and understanding that there's a pace that life goes, um, outside of myself. Because within myself, I'm still trying to figure that one out. But outside of myself, that takes a lot of yeah, just slowing down and being patient with how things mm. go.
1: That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, Nick, uh, it's been fun getting to uh, chop it up with you. Um, thank you for coming through and. Dude, it's really cool uh seeing your growth over the past couple of years. Like the for me personally, just you know, the couple of years that I've gotten to know you and then now you officially being squad and, and watching just the moves that you're making, man, and, and like not only the the stuff, because I mean stuff's always cool, but I think when I get to talk to you like this and seeing kind of what's behind all this stuff and mm-hmm. and the stuff that you you kind of wrestle with internally, um it's interesting when you talk about the patience piece because um, I can sense that in you. I could sense you like you have a very like a like a gentle soul about yourself <laughs> outside of like yeah. I'm like your, your movement quality in terms of you as a dancer to like your spirit is like it's very like almost contrasting, but it's like <laughs> one in the same, which is really interesting and cool. But um, I, I totally understand the ability to be patient with others but yet somehow you have a hard time whether you want to call it patience with yourself or grace mm. for yourself yeah because you know i think also um as believers too sometimes like we we, it, we can kind of get a little too humble where it's like destructive yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what i'm yeah, saying yeah, when you're yeah, too yeah. you know what i'm saying like you got to you got to give yourself some grace if you're willing to extend such grace and patience to others yet yet you have a hard time with yourself like that's also not good you yeah, know yeah. but uh just want to encourage you bro like like you're you're a very thoughtful intentional person I, I can sense and um you know i think what you're doing i mean right now you are in my mind like you are like the mover of today you know what i'm saying like you are of a generation that i'm like yep yeah, that's like Nick is of this current generation and he's only going to progress further. And I know that there are people who are your peers, um, and people who are younger than you that are looking up to you. And I know that like, I'm pretty confident that like the, the leader that I can see you developing into is somebody that people are going to really want to follow, not just like be inspired by your art artistry, but like, um, they're going to want to follow your, um, your outlook on life. And like, um, there's a lot of wisdom in you. And I, if I can affirm something like, just be confident in what you have as as a, as a man right now, but like who you will develop into becoming even. I'm excited to see Nick in 10 years. Like I already know that there's gonna be so much that you're gonna have grown in and um, you're gonna have inspired like a whole other generation. And, and it's really cool to see like kind of the beginnings of that, so. Just want to give you your flowers, bro. Oh, thank you.
2: Hey, man. You got it, dude. (laughs) Dang it. There it is. That's a
0: full circle. That's nice. Hey, look. You know, be uh, as equally easy to say I'm proud of you as it is to say I'm proud to rock with you. You know? Yeah. Um, We rocking with one of the movers of today. You know what I'm saying? Keeps us relevant. You know what I mean? Trying. Yeah. (laughs) Trying, dude. But no, really. You know, Undeniable Talent is a kind of like a freaking dime a dozen nowadays. You you can watch so many people online in like a span of three minutes. Like, this is the most talented move I've ever seen. This mm-hmm. is the most talented move I've ever mm-hmm. seen. You know what I mean? But when you can feel the fire, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? When when it really and – and that blaze expands and reaches so many because it's so powerful – Feel like that's that's what you're capable of, and that's what you've been doing. So you know, to witness that is is a very cool thing, and, and I think that's Absolutely. what makes us very proud to call you squad.
2: Dang, thanks, guys. You're gonna be
1: crying and stuff. Come on, hey, you wouldn't there be you, the f- you wouldn't be the first. Something about <laughs> really? that seat, man. People just more
0: excellent people than you have sat there and cried. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Go ahead. Hey. <laughs> no, but yeah, thank you guys for the, yeah, the encouragement.
1: That's, well, uh yeah, uh, how can people follow the Nick Joseph journey, man? Where, where can people find you?
2: Instagram at Nick Joseph, but the O and Joseph is an X, so it's more Nick Jixif if you want. Um, <laughs> so my sister says, "Hey, Nick Jixif, why did you do
0: uh, that? Why why'd you uh, take?" He out swings the... both ways.
2: <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> no, stop, no. Like... That's not what that means. I, like just thought, I just thought the X was edgy. So I was like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll okay. do that. Yeah. You no know? Latin's
0: actually claim.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's, <laughs> so. that's, that's a, for a whole
2: other pod. Um, yeah, and then YouTube, Nick Joseph. Cool. Um, that's
1: about it. Yeah. That's what's up. Well, thanks for stopping by, man. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Folks, thank you for tuning into this episode. If you're finding it for the first time, we have a bunch more. Before this we have amazing guests just, just like Nick in these episodes. If you're really digging what we're doing, please leave us a five star rating. Write us a review. Screenshot us, let us know you're listening, tag us on our socials. Kinja's podcast cast with the K. I think that's it.
0: Hey, remember, Kinja Bang out there. Kinja Bang. Does it, that
1: even sound can I even say it like that? Kinja Bang hey, out just there.
0: Yeah. Just Kinja Bang. Just Kinja Bang out there makes it sound like a verb and Kinja
1: Bang period. Just
0: kinja bang. Boom.